Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Welcome. We are back this week. My name is Sean. My I, name is Caesar. Okay, go ahead. My name is Sean. My name is Caesar. I go by he. <laughs> my him. I wear a maroon shirt. And my shirt is grayish blue, and you can't tell that it's dirty. <laughs> what's welcome, up? Welcome, what's welcome up? to Alathea Radio this week. We have been, oh, I'm doing it again. You're doing it again, bro. I just do that all the time. Sorry about that. I'm trying to all monitor right. you people online, you people. Dina, hello, Dina. How are you What's doing? What's up, people? Such a pleasure to have you with us. So today we are today talking on about Off the Books, Lathia Radio. We are talking about man up. Yes, manning up. What does it mean to man up? What does it mean to? Uh, what does everybody think it means to be a man? Most importantly, what does the Bible tell us a man is, and uh, and where do we feel like we're messing up in between? Yeah. But if we're going to be talking about a man. We got to really look at the proper context of man. This is a beautiful song I'm going to share with you guys right now. It's about being a man. It's also from a great movie about a wrestler, a godly man who was a wrestler. And, uh, and he was a real religious man. Although Christians, we're not too religious, I would say, right? It's not more, you hear this a lot. We say like... Uh, we're more about it's it's about a relationship, not about religion. So that all right, that's really fun though. I'm gonna go back to that. I'm you actually gonna, go back to that. I'm gonna yeah. dance on that later when that's we, good. I'm when actually, we go off the air. Yeah. So what do we got going on in uh, some current events? We got some so things going on. In right? current events, monkeypox has hit. Hope you guys are having a good time with that one, which is really interesting because um, they're about to declare it. Um, they're about to declare it like an emer a state of emergency for monkeypox. Now, if you haven't been keeping up with what's going on with monkeypox, what's actually happening is it's affecting less than 1% of the world. I kid you not. Less than 1% of the world. And, it's a, and listen, I, I don't wish anyone to get monkeypox. So where does the CDC say monkeypox is coming from? Oh, not, not coming from. Where is it? What communities is it being spread the most? Uh, so, um, and I think the language is interesting in the CDC's report on this one because it said that monkeypox is being spread the most in gay and bisexual men. And uh, now, this one's interesting. It says transgender women or non-binary persons assigned male at birth who have sex with men. So men. So men or gay men. So you, you kind of conquered that in the first line. So that's what we're talking about there. Then this is really interesting. Sex workers of any sexual orientation or gender... Staff of bathhouses, saunas, and sex clubs. All right. There is a lot, a tremendous amount to unpack in that section right there. So what does that mean? Hmm. All right. So number one, if we're talking about sex workers, um, it's like, okay, so you want to warn them to watch out. I get it. But this is part of the problem. Like, Sex working is one of the oldest practices in the history of mankind. You hear about it in the Bible. You hear about it everywhere uh, throughout history. Um, but ironically enough, I mean, I don't think it's a practice that will go away, but I think minimizing it would help. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I like Sean's response to that. I said, I think minimizing would help. He said, yeah. 
<laughs> you know what? Yep. You're right. You I'm right. agree with you on that one. That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. Minimize sex, yeah. sex working. And it's like bathhouses. Then it's but you're, sex- talking, you're talking about, you know, uh, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the monkey pox. <laughs> the pox. But no, the, the sex working. Okay, yeah. Do you, do you, what do you mean? Like, like uh, prostitution. Prostitution. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, that's in the Bible also. Right? Yes, and, and just another reason why you shouldn't engage in it. Right there. It's called monkeypox. So the symptoms of monkeypox are blistering sores, high fever, and, um, and irritation, and aches. So it's like the flu with boils. Pretty nasty stuff. Hmm. Yeah, so um, so what else we got going on in the news? Well, there's a lot going on. Well, we've got uh, China. China's yeah, China's trying to like muscle their way into into Taiwan, Taiwan right a little bit, right? That's and, a bit. And, ugly. and not only that, it, uh, I think the president is supposed to have like a conversation with the. Uh, well, let's find out. Yeah, so I mean that's happening. Um, the midterms are coming up, so a lot of the people midterm are, elections. A lot of people are. Uh, Swaying one way or another right now. Yes, do not be swayed. Israel, hello. Glad to have you on. Um, yeah. Yeah, so people, listen, it's, we talk about politics in the beginning of the show because we can't talk about it uh, during the course of the show too much because it really would just take away from the gospel, and it's kind of not worth it. <laughs> yeah, you but it's important. I mean? But it is important it's because important. these things affect you yeah. right now. So, so, so the, way you, the way you get out and vote and the way the, the people that you put in power is important so that, uh, that we have the morals and values that we stand for can be in office. Oh, wow. Check this out. So he spoke with uh, he, did. he, being the pronoun for President Biden, spoke with, I'm sorry, that's terrible. We're raw today. I, I, I apologize. Biden speaks with China Z for over two hours amidst tension with Taiwan. How do you think that conversation went? My name is... Hi. My name... <laughs> I wish I had. Like, Gee, people's, I'm glad we could... We're changing people's lives. <laughs> that's what he said. That was it. <laughs> and he's like, I want to talk to you about what's going on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm picking on him. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, they spoke for a couple of hours. Um, the, <clears throat> it was part of the administration's effort to maintain and deepen the lines of communication between the U.S. and People's Republic of China and to responsibly manage our differences and work together where our interests align. Where do our interests align? <laughs> the only, okay, so honestly, the only thing that aligns with China and America is trade. That's the only interest that we have. Yeah, and actually, I think we what we should have learned from even the pandemic and everything is that we need to rely more on, on ourselves where we get a lot of our, our um, medications and pills and things like that from China where we should, we should really try to start. Uh, even the administration now is saying how that the war in Ukraine and Putin has affected inflation and gas prices. Well, that we could have fixed that by not relying so much on outsourcing our energy well, resources yeah. and things then, like that. But now you're battling with the people for green energy, and it's and it's and it's funny because like we had this conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show about lies, what you believe, and what you deem as truth based on your opinion, and it's really crazy stuff because. If, if you break it down to, 
to things in its simplicity. That's what we were talking about Occam's razor before. Uh, everything in its simplicity, usually the answer lies there. Um, when, you, when you're talking about people in power, people that, that crave power, um, they're going to tell you whatever you want to hear, and they really don't care about, about, about the details of what you care about. They want your vote for their own personal interests. Well, think about China. I mean, when we were talking about China. It's not all of China because there's a lot of Chinese, and if you look at the persecuted church, I mean, one of the biggest persecuted churches is in China. They're killing you know, their own people. You know, it's terrible. It, it's terrible, and we should pray for those that be, are believers in China. But you could see, like, the Communist Party, even how they have— uh, there was some stats today, like on Fox. I, I didn't. I don't remember exactly, but it, how much land they have bought in in the United, in the United States. States. What is it? Two hundred sixty thousand acres. Yeah, it, it's billions of dollars of of, of real land. estate, and and it's owned by the the Communist Party. You know, so yeah, it's, that's scary. Yeah. So even Florida, I think DeSantis was trying to put some measures in place where they have to pay nineteen percent or twenty percent. You know. Uh, as a as a foreign national buying property, you know, wow. which to me I think you know you should be, if if there should be some stipulation in there of being a U.S. citizen buying property, you know, especially yeah. large amounts of property. Yeah, and and then you should be really curious as to what that property is being used, used for. for. And yeah. listen, I have no, I don't have anything against people buying property overseas. I I really don't. But when you're talking about people that don't share the same values as you. And, and by values, I mean things of real value. Right. Things that really matter. Because a lot of times we use that terminology as, um, well, we don't have the same values. Well, you could say it that way, or you could say we have values versus your lack thereof. Right. You know, and I think that's a really important uh, state of mind to get into when you're addressing what other people are talking about when they mean their values in their life. Like as Christians, there's certain things that we value and, and money and things of the world are not on the top of the list. The things that we value first and foremost is God. Then we value our family, then our community and so on and so forth. Like these things are set biblically for a reason and they're really important for that reason because it works. Right. You know? Yep. So, uh, so sometimes you just got to man up. Man up. Man up. So that's what we're talking about today. So we're going to talk about, uh, we're, we're going to talk about men and young men. Um, Sean and I were talking about um, Jordan Peterson's um, video that he put out, uh, a letter to the church. The and, Christian church. The yeah. Christian church. And it was funny because in the beginning of it, he says, like, you're probably wondering, like, who am I to write this? He's like, but I felt it was important because the church really needs to get a hold of this situation. He says that churches should have a sign out front. That say, um, young, men, young welcome. men welcome. Yeah. And I agree with that 100%. I definitely agree with him 100% on that. Not because, um, not, not because young men have nowhere else to go. It's because they have too many places to go. And I, and I, remember, I remember being a young man in my day. <laughs> yeah. Long time ago. Long time ago. But I remember, uh, I remember being a young man and, um, and just taking bits and pieces of everything that was around me and kind of forming it into my identity. And young men today are, are struggling with things. And listen, I'm not saying young women are struggling, are not struggling with things. because that, that is. But today we're talking about the young men because this is a topic that directly affects us that we hold near and to our hearts. And affects everybody else as well. Exactly. And that's what we're going to talk about. So... I mean, Why one is, of the one of the greatest, I think, um, statistics is 
is the family being broken up in America, right? Not having a father figure in inside of a, the family you're nucleus. Talking, yeah, you're talking, uh, I think it was an average of like 71% of the households in America don't have an active father in it. Now, I grew up with my dad. My dad was there. My dad was always there. Um, and it was still hard because sometimes being there, um, we don't, we don't practice certain things that, are, that need to become habitual in our lives enough to, to, to start training uh, our kids up to, to have good habits. I'm talking about having deep conversations about what moves us, what drives us, and what dangers there are out there in pursuit of these things. Mm-hmm. And what is the proper definition of something that should move you and drive you? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So I was looking up some interesting study, uh, some stuff right here. And we're going to get into some biblical quotes to support this first. But I was looking at some of the CDC stuff, you know. I think they're pretty nuts, but some of their, but their tests um, on certain things are, are, are really in detail. And that's what I do like about them. So, um, so right now, um, if you look at uh, the truth about things, it's as far as suicide in the world, not just America, in the world, men are the highest bracket of uh of of individuals committing suicide. Why do you think that is? Well, they well they list a, a couple of things right here. Like for example, it says among middle-aged men, suicide rates were highest for uh non-Hispanic, Indian or Alaska native. That just means like white guys. Suicides per 100,000 followed closely by non-Hispanic white men. So I guess that means that's all white men, but just I don't know. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. So I don't even know what that has to. Do. But 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 here's the thing, though. Um, ethnicity does have something to do with suicide rates. What it what it boils down to is the uh, the highest suicide rate is white men actually, and then the lowest is black, Hispanic, and Asian in that order. Um, right. Yeah. So and it's leading by gunshot, and then the second highest cause is by hanging. So what would make a young man? Uh, which uh, which most of the suicides I believe are in middle aged men, and then it, then second is uh, is in younger men. So what is making men feel that their life has no value? I'll tell you. And this just goes from multiple studies, things that I've been looking for. It's what's expected of us as men, and how twisted it's gotten from its original point. You know, so when when you're talking about the purpose of a man, uh, some of the studies in the CDC show that. Um, that what really drives men to suicide is two things. So um, I was looking up a divorce men stats too as well. So now divorce actually causes men to, uh, to suffer from, from multiple things. The two main things that, that they talk about is loss of identity. Many men build their identities around two things, their jobs and their families. So this is a problem. And this is why the church is so important. And this is why the church should Take a, take a big hand in it. And that's why it's important to have young men in the church. Exactly. Men's groups mean anybody from a young man who's 18 to, to, an older, to men in their 70s and 80s. It doesn't matter. Men's groups are important because of these things. We find our identity in the things we do, not in our original state. And that's a problem. By original state, I mean created in the image of God. When I look at myself right now, I say I can do these things because I'm an image bearer of the creator of the universe. I don't look at things and say, I can do this because I'm a painter. I can do this because I'm a mechanic. I'm, I don't do this because I'm a car. You know, like I look at these things because from, from God's perspective of me, because I, if I look at it from my perspective of me, I'm going to shoot myself down. We don't treat ourselves 
um, with the same respect. And you realize where that gift came from, whatever gift that you do have. Absolutely. And that's why it's really important to have God in your life, I believe. And, um, and if you look at the collapse of, uh, of faith in our society, that has an extremely high element in why things are going south because faith is decreasing uh people are are turning away from god and so when you wonder why men are suffering in this country um it has a lot to do not a lot to do with but the main cause of it is not the attack on men but is the attack on god first because Mm -hmm. the definition of, of of a man's role is really important in the household and when i say that i'm not saying that a man's role in the household is to strong arm everybody into his will. A man's role in the household is to gently but unapologetically reveal what God's will is for the entire family. That, and uh, many times in the Bible, you know, even, uh, I think it was in Samuel where it says, I think was it Samuel uh, 9, it says, um, 1 Samuel 9, 4, 9, Take courage and be men. Yeah. And what Paul that? mentions, Paul says that, I think it is in uh, Corinthians where he says, let me just go to it real quick. He says, uh, I think it was 1 Corinthians 16. I think it's 13 16, 13. 14. Yeah. yeah. So, and he says, be on alert, stand firm in faith, act like men. So what does it, what does it mean to act like a man? One, yeah. of, one of the main things is to, to protect your family. Well, yeah, first and foremost. Is, is protection. Family so, and the innocent, absolutely. Yeah, and, and so you're the guy in the front. You're, you're the guy in the front that's going to, to block everything that the world brings, the, the, the enemy brings, even some things of yourself, you know, to, to protect your family. Absolutely. So if you look at it like this, like, so when we hear the definition of, of, of like, be strong, uh, stand firm in the see, and this is the one thing about the Bible. The Bible is written in a very important narrative. Be watchful, number one. Mm-hmm. Stand firm in the faith. Number three, act like men. Number four, be strong. It's actually in order. Yeah. Yeah. So you see how the fourth thing is be strong. Because yeah. in the face of all these things, it's very easy to be fearful. So number one, be watchful. That means be observant. Don't be, don't be falling into drunkenness where you can't really um, be, take control of a situation in case there's a threat um, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, whether, whether it's drunkenness or um, it, it's, it's, it's your, where your focus is. Yes. Your focus should be knowing your surrounding. You know, yes, when, and when I you, don't mean drunkenness yeah, by like don't. No, when you yeah. learn, when you learn, when you learn uh, tactics on uh, self defense or or protection or security, things like that. Your first thing is like you always have to be alert. Be aware. Be aware. Be alert. Be That's why even when you're a cop, you're always on duty. You shouldn't be under the influence because you you tend to be carrying your firearm. You're always on duty, so you need to be alert. You need yeah, to be watchful. You like, it's not telling you like be in the back of the church like. Yeah, 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 but be alert. And then the second one is stand firm in your faith because in order to act like men, you have to be able to stand well, firm in your after faith. after you're watchful and you notice something that's happening, we have a tendency to get emotional, to be fearful, and react like that, and it's dangerous. So the second part is stand firm in the faith. So the faith yeah. tells me to not be emotional and to be logical about what's happening and think about what protection actually means in that moment. Yeah. And then it says act like men. This is a concept right now that is being shredded to pieces because 
when you have statements like saying act like men, this is where people go around saying the Bible is misogynistic. Yeah, which I mean is that ridiculous. would be a good question to go around and pose, like yeah. you know, and say, hey, what what in your perspective means to be to act like a man? Yeah, what, most, what, yeah. What what would it be? Yeah, because most people automatically assume that it means being aggressive, prideful, hairy. I don't know, but like people <laughs> <laughs> like. I don't have chest hair, so I'm kind of in lack in that area. I'm full with that, so I'm good. <laughs> Well, Sean's more of a man than I am, you see? <laughs> so if we held those things put by that... Put some hair thing, on your chest. Put some hair on your chest. We, we hear that growing up, right? So, like, when it says act like men, you, you can't just take that statement from the Bible and say it's misogynistic. You have to see, study, and read actually what the Bible says, what is a man. Yeah. And That's he, the most and, important And there's part. roles. There's roles for, for men, women, children... Elders. And, and all of these roles complement each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And then so after it says act like men, what it means is the biblical definition of men, God's intention of men. Then it says be strong because you can only be strong if you know what you are in that. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing. Then it says, let all that you do be done in love. So now let me ask you, what is misogynistic about doing what you do in love? Letting all that you be done in love. That means being considerate, but not soft. It means being uh, committed and firm. And it means being understanding and gracious at the same time. Well, and people think of love as some kind of submissive thing too. But love actually, and especially in love, when you speak the truth and you, 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 you stand firm in what you believe in, Love sometimes hurts because you know what? Same thing with truth. When people say truth hurts, it's the same I principle. I'm I love you so much. I'm going to tell you exactly. I'm not going to kind of yeah. sway it in in a way that might that I might want to not hurt your feelings. I'm going to tell you because I love you. Yeah, and we often assume the pain that comes from that comes from love is um is a is is like an unnecessary byproduct because it offends us, and that's not true. It's necessary to be hurt in order to have growth and to truly understand love. You cannot understand love without the pain that comes with it. It's, it's, it's the double-edged sword that, that is truth, especially when it comes to, to love and mm -hmm. what it means when, uh, when the Bible tells us to, to walk in love, to act in love, to, to, to be love because God is love. And, um, and a lot of people have a hard time with that because they have this very Old Testament fire and brimstone view of God without understanding the revelation of Jesus. Yeah. And that makes it difficult. So, like, even in the Old Testament, though, listen, this is interesting. Psalm 1, 1 through 6, blessed is the man, or should I say blessed? Is that more Christian if it, I say it, blessed? It, it's blessed, blessed. I don't know. I feel it, like It depends I, on what version you're reading. I feel like I'm a lot more Christian if I say blessed. But anyway. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. All right, so as Christians, we know that Christ came to abolish the law. What does that mean? You can't do anything to get your way into the heaven or into the good graces of the Lord. It's already been done for you. Now you have to accept the gift, and through that revelation, change. So it's awesome because it says you're blessed if you do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, like if you're not influenced by wicked people, people that are doing things for their own agenda or want you to do things for your own agenda, nor do you stand in the way of sinners. Like you, you don't put people beneath you. You don't 
You know, you also can't stop. You've got to have to come to a realization that you can't stop people from making mistakes nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Like, don't hang out with people that everything you say that is biblical, they're like, oh. listen, I'm not saying you can't hang out with people that aren't Christians. It's not what I'm saying. But if people take the time to sit there and scoff at everything you say, they're not trying to listen to you anyway. Don't waste your time. Yeah, and in, in this, there's kind of like a progression, too. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk, you know, yeah. or stand. Or mm-hmm. sit. It's a progression. So thing. Christians, we have to float. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, what well, it happens <laughs> is because you start, you start. It, it's a, it's a progression. When you, once you start walking in that way, you stand there, and all of a sudden you sit, and that now yeah. you become part of of your surroundings. You know, it's easy to get caught in that. Yeah, and and and. Because you get caught. It's a up, warning. Yeah, it's yeah. It, and it's a very and that's the that's the beauty about uh, if you're not a Christian, read the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms. You can start there safely, like that's a that's a really good understanding. And the law is not really talking about law here. The delight, yeah, not like Levitical law. No, he's talking about God's word. The yeah. delight is in the word of the Lord, and in His word He meditates day and night. The yeah. law back then was the 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 commandments the 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 you know the things that the f- the that God gave us to make our, our lives, lives better. Better, yeah. yeah, you know. And then he says it, he will be like a a tree firmly plant, planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season. That's you a know? type and shadow. We'll get into that in another episode. But yeah. yeah, but 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 point. if 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 as he's describing a, a, how a man should walk. Not in 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 the counsel of the wicked. Not not standing in 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 areas where you're going to be consumed by sin and and be overcome by the world. You know, not sit with people or eat with people or 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 be a part of people that are going to change you. or or change the way you feel because you'll be on the side saying starting mocking others. Also, you become that person. Yeah, because bad company corrupts. He good said character. he's like just sit in the Word of God. Med- Meditate yeah. on it day and night, and doing so will make you be like a tree, and then the fruit of that tree will start coming out of you. You know, so and even if you find yourself sitting or standing and being part of the world, that fruit is going to come out, and then just like Jesus did. I mean, Jesus sat with uh, you know the the, the prostitutes and and, and, and the, the drunkards tax and, the tax and, and, and the fishermen and and, and the fruit of that just overflowed to them, and people's lives were changed. Yeah, and, and, and see, that right there is the, is the best model. I mean, as Christians, that's the first thing we do. We say, like, oh, how can we model Jesus? So as the church, when we're looking for young men to, to, uh, to really um, to humble themselves up enough to say, like, I don't have it figured out. I need help. How, you know, like, we don't have to sit there and say, how do we make the church more appealing to young men? We have to be the model that young men want to follow because they see the evidence in our lives. That's why Titus 2.7 is important. Mm. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity and dignity. This is where we fail the youth right here. Mm-hmm. I personally think. Because we, uh, we, we, and listen, I'm not saying there's no proper definition of a godly man. <clears throat> that, that there is a proper definition, excuse me. Because we all make mistakes and we all fall short. But the importance of this is, uh, is, is why young men don't follow 
godly men. It's why we can't make disciples of young men a lot. It's because most of the times as human beings, we have to come when we're extremely desperate. And young men don't feel that desperation, especially if you live at home or, uh, and, and you have a very comfortable life. You don't feel a need for God. We all chase after God when we're suffering. We veer away from him when things are going right. So if we show ourselves in all respects to be a model of good works mm-hmm. and in our teaching show integrity and dignity and, and dignity... What is dignity? I meant dignity. I said dignity. You added two words. I think it was degradation like, and it, dignity. No, I think it was uh, <laughs> integrity and, <laughs> it was like and dignity. Integrity. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a new no, word. Add integrity and no dignity. Like <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. But but so think about that. So integrity to be integral to uh, to. To, to walk what you preach, to preach what you practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And- Desiring God had a, a good article I read, um, and, and it broke down a couple of things where, uh, you know, a, a godly man, you know, some, some break things down. break down. So the first one was a man commits to following a greater authority, like yeah. when Jesus said, follow me. Yeah. You know, so, and then the second one says he commits to sacrifice all else in the shadow of discipleship. Wow. See, that's awesome because, and now that is our calling, discipleship. Disci- right. to, to make disciples so, is not to, like, convince anyone. Right. It's to make them want to be, want to be followers. Right. You know? The third one says, he commits to deter- determine joyful obedience. Yeah. Wow. Which is not very joyful to most of us. Right. And I think a part of all of this is just being... Uh, a, a follower of Christ, right? Yeah. Because number four says he commits to spiritual discipline. Yeah. Wow. Now, you want to hear something interesting about all of this too? These are all characteristics of a godly man or a, young, a godly young man. It doesn't matter which one. So back in the day when rabbis would, would choose a future rabbi, because you had to be chosen, you couldn't work your way. There wasn't like the college of rabbis where you could just become a rabbi you had to be chosen by a rabbi to become a rabbi so they would come to you once they decided that you were worthy of becoming a rabbi and they would say to you follow me and that was the proper language for a rabbi to recruit a future rabbi in that moment so what they felt was so blasphemous is that what does rabbi mean teacher right yeah so when you say uh the teacher says follow me to recruit a future Teacher. teacher Teacher. Yeah, discipleship, same thing. Teacher. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what we're called to do. Absolutely. We, we learn something. We're not meant to hold it in. We're meant to teach yeah. and, and pass it on. Exactly. And that yeah. was, that's what was so blasphemous about Jesus telling tax collectors, um, adulteresses, and, and fishermen to say, follow me. They were like, these guys aren't rabbi material. Like, who are you? To make these men teachers, one of and the, the the point that Jesus made at the dinner that night was that it is not the sick; it, it's the sick who need a doctor. Yeah, and even when when the Pharisees and Sadducees said, "Who gives you this authority to yeah. to to say that you can do this?" You know, who, you know, who are you? Yeah, you know, and you know, he was like, "My authority doesn't come from this world." You know, yeah. and that was blasphemous, extremely, because right. he's talking about actual. Actually, getting the direct authority from, from God, God, which yeah. they were. And who are you, happy. Moses? They're, yeah, like who are you, Moses? Moses? He's like before Moses, I am. I am. All right. So for all the people <laughs> that make the argument that Jesus doesn't claim he's God, God that was like, bam! Hey. It's right there. Yeah, I yeah. am He. 
along with the book of John. Well, that's the other thing is because, you know, even in like the uh, Muslim world, they don't believe that Jesus ever claimed that he was God. Yeah. Where even at the woman at the well, when he said, when she said, "Well, we're waiting for this Messiah," and he says, "I am He, I am that, I am that one, I am the man, I am the Messiah," basically, yeah. you know. And and listen, I get it. That's not what you practice, but that doesn't take away from what the Bible actually says. Yeah. Like, um, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of instances like that where people differ on uh, the deity of Jesus, which was really interesting, um, down to the, the, the first, uh, down to John being changed uh, through the Jehovah's Witnesses as well. It says, um, it says, in the beginning, in the beginning yeah. there was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. They what? added an A into it when there was no A. Was a God. Yeah. Yeah, was yeah, they, a God. And there was no Greek translation for the word A. There wasn't A, the, they. There wasn't any of those things. Yeah. Greek was it was yeah I mean if you have uh, if you have a question of whether uh, Jesus was uh, God and his deity the best book to go to would be John because John's gospel concentrates on the deity of Christ that's the book to go to absolutely and so if we're talking about Jesus being the man that's why we get yeah that's why we're talking about it because we're supposed to be followers so he he gives us what true masculinity is supposed to be absolutely now proverbs 27 17 you hear this a lot especially if you go to church you're gonna hear iron sharpens iron and one man's and one man sharpens another okay so now what happens if you back away from people that are, gonna, that are gonna bring to light the troubles that you're applying to yourself, then iron won't sharpen iron. Then the iron's going to get very dull. And this is, the, the, this is what's happening with a lot of young men. Uh, what's, what's happening with a lot of middle-aged men right now, too, is uh, you have a lot of divorce going on, which is, which is terrible enough. And so you tend to go refine your identity. Like the article said before, we find our identity in our work and in our family. So when your family is broken, and all you have is your job, it doesn't seem like your job is enough anymore. Your job is only enough with purpose to serve your family. Mm. That's all that matters. Like, for example, my wife went away um, to see her daughter and to see the baby. And, um, and while she was gone, I didn't even want to cook. And I love cooking. Yeah. She's like, how's it going? I'm like, it's terrible. I got nobody to cook for. Like, you know, like, it's awful. I, <laughs> I want you to come home so I can cook for you. Right. You know, because, and that's just reflective of an, um, oh, excuse me. She won't give me some chicken and rice. Fire so <laughs> I didn't good. give you nothing. Yeah. yeah. My wife, well, your made, wife some... made it. Yeah. So, um, so chicken without... and rice and chorizo. Oh, so good. So when you, it's reflective of, of your inner drive to serve. I mean, like as, as a, as a follower of Jesus, like that's our calling right there to serve, to serve our communities, to serve our families, to serve anyone in need. You know, um, and when we lose that ability to serve, it um, it takes away from our identity because it's very easy to sway from the identity that God gave us when we feel that what God's given has given us has been taken. First away. of all, I'd like to say one of the main things God did in the beginning, especially for men, was He put us to work. Yeah, you know, like you as get a, a man. Job. Yeah, get a job or or put in some work, because because nowadays even like you know in my business it's hard to find good people, 
get up and get to work. I mean, that's the one thing that we were put in, in, you know, in the beginning in Genesis, you know, two fifteen. he put, he put them in charge of the, of Eden from the the sweat of your brow, brow, you know? And that's the thing because so now why do young men feel lost? Well, they're not being pushed to have responsibility. So a young man, uh, any man in general adopting responsibility, number one is key. Um, organization of your immediate surroundings really, really helps because when you know where everything is, you spend less time looking for things and more time. You have to um, optimize the time, the amount of time that you have to achieve the goal that you want. Are we perfect at it? No. But the goal is in order to feel complete, to feel like you're moving in purpose as much as possible, is to do that as much as you can. And that takes discipline. That takes good habit training. So what has to happen with the habits is you have to have a sense of accountability around you constantly <laughs> to check yeah. your habits. Yeah. You need that. Account- the accountability. Yeah. Because, I mean, accountability is part of that list of being a man. I think Absolutely. it's it's being uh, courageous. Joshua one nine, it's being strong. Mm-hmm. It, you're called to love. Yeah, you're called to be a husband. You t- you're called to be a leader of your family and your wife. You're called to serve your family and others sacrificially. Yeah, you're called to be a father. Yeah, not just to your own children, but to not other children. Father. You're called to be compassionate, to provide, to be honorable. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, and then you're accountable. You should be accountable to all those things. Absolutely. Now, now check out what, uh, what Israel said here. Israel Beona said this. Uh, he's, he's my cousin. I love this guy. He says, economics have a huge impact on the traditional nuclear Western family. The decline of faith in God in education is humongous. That's a big well. Yeah, I mean too. that yeah. started long ago when they took the Bible, prayer, and things out of the out of. I actually was speaking to a kid when I, I, we, I was away last week in Ocean City, and uh, I was talking to a young man that became friends with my son while he was there. Yeah. And he happened to say, he was like, yeah, I'm like, he was a football player, you know, and I'm like, okay, what position play we're talking? And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I just have to get my grades up. I'm kind of failing in theology class. Ow. Yeah, but I was like, Theology? What, what school do you go to? You know, like, do you go, you to, go to like, Catholic school or something? Catholic school. And yeah. I was like, because I'm like, you know, they, 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 these are the type Out of, of... all the classes in Catholic school, you're failing at the Well, and then, well, well, his his response was like, that's not needed anymore. You know, because, wow. because, because, you know, what, that's not, it's not necessary. So even going to Catholic school, he sees that it's not necessary to, to know who God is. And what I would have is. told him we're all failing in theology. Yeah. Yeah, and I said, yeah. I said that's the most important class that you should be passing because yeah. once you once you start striving, uh, you know, uh, going well in that class, I said all your other classes will start falling into place. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that's know? the truth about that. Yeah, but no, but that that brings up an interesting point because um, so now we study theology because it gives us a good understanding of um, of what scripture means. It gives us a good understanding of what what God is trying to. We are all that. every Christian is a theologian. Absolutely. But but and but I think the problem that we make with the young men is that is that we allow our theology to interfere with us being Christ like sometimes. I think our theology becomes so important that we don't really uh, get to the root of Christ's character when it comes to Because uh, we forget what theology is. Theology yes. is understanding who God is and God was Jesus, just like we just spoke Absolutely, about. Absolutely, yeah. So if God's Jesus, then we, we need to know who he is. 
Yeah. Well, and I think that's a really, uh, and, I, and I think that's a really uh, big p- part of this that's missing. Because what winds up happening is, um, is, is that our, our, pra- our, our theology is, is super important to our walk, but it becomes the forefront of our walk instead of our attitude towards others. And that was the greatest commandment that, God, that, that Jesus gave us, right. was that love God first and then love each other. Yeah, it was, so uh, the theology should support that, but it shouldn't be the forefront of it. Yeah, to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That was the. I mean, that's that's the most important. That's the verse. most important. Why? Why is that? That's why I was explaining to yeah. this young man was like the most important part of that is because once you start doing that, then your it says to be more Christ-like. We're supposed to be be becoming to look like the Son of God, to look like Jesus. Right when we start learning who He is. And we start loving him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We start understanding what his will is. And then when things come across, like uh, we have certain things that come across in our lives that we have to make decisions on, we base those decisions on God's principles. And and those decisions become right decisions, and it changes the course of your life. I'm an yes. example of that. You're an example of that. We should all try to be that example. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just just even the basics. We don't. We all fail. We always hit, hit miss the mark. You know, but but when we start striving for that, you notice the change in your life. That's the point of the gospel. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. See, a lot of people think like, um, like, oh, I don't. A lot, a lot of young people, especially, say like, I don't go to the church because you know they were just as messed up as I am. And nobody in church tells them that that's the point. Just because you've got a messed up mindset doesn't mean it can't be fixed. And it doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes in the future as well. Mm. It just means that you learn about grace. You learn what's been given to you. And you learn to appreciate these things. So now, the church doesn't have to be flawless. It's impossible for the church to be flawless. What the church has to be is transparent. That's what people want. People want somebody who's real, somebody who's relatable, and somebody who is not above them but at their eye level for that reason. Nobody's going to talk to someone about a drug problem if they haven't had one themselves. No one's going to ever talk to someone who, who is trying to deal with having an unfaithful marriage if, if the person has never dealt with it themselves because they're unrelatable. That's why God equips everybody differently to handle these specific situations. And what we try to do is we try to become the master of everyone's problem, and that just doesn't work. Yeah, and as, as far as relating it to men, um, it's leadership, you know? And, and as, as what the Bible calls a masculine man, or a man uh, uh, is a leader of community, mm-hmm. household, um, and, and the church. So taking leadership is taking, like you said, the accountability of all of everyone that's under me or, or behind me, like my family, taking the accountability of I'm responsible for, their, for them. Yeah, if it goes down, if there's a problem, that's on you. And, and, yeah, yeah, and if there is a problem, that's because it's a decision that I made that I, uh, that I didn't either intervene or say something or, or do cons- something. Oh, yeah, or, you or, know, or go to God to counsel, to counsel for. for. Yeah. yeah. 
which is the most important thing. So 1 Peter 5, uh, chapter 5, 5 through 10, this is really awesome. It says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So that whole... That that whole message right there is really simple, but it, um, we, we lose it all the time because you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Why is it important? Because the elders are supposed to have wisdom. What's yeah. happening right now is you have older men who are acting like children, and the children think that that's the way to act. When it says clothe yourselves, all of you with humility, like... The younger men are supposed to be getting that example from us. Yeah, I mean, this, to... this whole chapter is about serving God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So Willingly. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the almighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Because he's not going to give you something you're not ready for, and don't cry about it if you didn't get it, if you're not humbling yourself before that. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That's a huge one. Casting all your anxieties on, like your worries are not your worries. You choose to make them your worries instead of giving them to him. That's our fault. Be sober-minded. Hmm. Be watchful. Why be sober-minded? You're talking to a guy who had a drug problem. I can tell you a million reasons why to be sober-minded. Yeah, because you know? he says the devil prowls around you like a roaring lion well, seeking to devour you. Yeah. Because once, once you, and again, sober-minded and the alert is similar being ready and being watchful is not necessarily is having a mind where even like when Paul talks about be transformed by the renewal of, of your, your mind. mind. Yes. When you have a renewed mind and you're ready when things come and they will, because things are not going to not happen. You're either going towards a storm through a storm or coming out of one, but there's always, there's a storm. always a storm. Yeah. So when he says be sober of spirit or be ready, be alert when your mind is ready, look at the signs because my dad told me once, God is always preparing you for something. Whatever, whatever your uh, adversary is in the future, God is always preparing you for something. So be watchful of what he's doing in your life to prepare you for the next thing that is going to be hard or difficult. And that's the truth because that's what this whole passage is about. It's, so it says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So think about that. If he's prowling around you, that means you're in the midst of something. That's You're in the midst of purpose, of God's purpose for you. He can't come into that purpose. He yeah. has to remain on the perimeter because he can't penetrate that. So when he says he's looking for someone to devour, he's waiting for someone to stray yeah. out of what God is trying to do in your life. And it's real simple. And it's funny because like, like a roaring lion, you know he's there. Yeah. You hear him. He's a lion. He's not the smallest animal in the world, let's be honest. So that example should tell you straight up why we'd have the problems that we have. The problems that we have are because of us, nobody else. I can't say that the problems I had in my life and the things that I'm dealing with now from those problems is anybody else's fault but my own because how many good people around me did I have saying, oh, listen, I think that's a bad idea. You probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. But did yeah. I listen? No. Yeah. And yeah. just like when Paul was talking Corinthians in verse 9, after he says, you know, be sober and be alert, he says, resist him. Yeah. Be firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren 
yeah. who are in the world. So I have people around me that are going through those same things, resist those things that, that are, are sinful and temptation and things like that. Be firm in your faith. Know that the same people around you have those same experiences. Absolutely. We're all the same. And yeah. it's funny because it doesn't say... Ignore him and he'll go away. No, it, does, no, it doesn't no, say that. No. It doesn't say pay him no mind no. and he'll go away. No, actually, it says resist. Yeah, and actually, the 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 lion picture of him circling you. They're patient. They're gonna wait. Mm-hmm. They're gonna wait for the right moment. The the it's it's usually the lioness that's doing the hunting, and they're very patient. They're gonna wait for a mistake. They're gonna wait. They're gonna follow the crowd until that one young one or someone starts straying off. And it's usually and, the younger and, ones. And, yes. and, and and waiting for it to or to be left behind a little bit. And then that's when then that's when the calamity comes, you know. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's usually the younger ones. Yeah, and that's and that's the scary part because what you want to do is you want to equip the younger ones to deal with this. But fact is, their resistance is going to have to come from themselves. Young men are not gravitating towards gangs, are not gravitating towards all the wrong areas of life, because because the risk isn't there. No, they they know the risk when they're going into they, these things. They, they, need they purpose. want purpose yeah. so bad that they're willing to to, to and community this. and yeah and community. We're community Absolutely. people, you know. We want mm-hmm. we want to be around family and community and be a part of something. Yeah, we're relational image bearers. That's what yeah. our God is, and that's one of the things that uh, that we need to provide a better foundation for in our neighborhoods. And um and now this starts at the home too. This is not just the churches. Job. I mean, the church has to do the best we can for this because this is the uh, you're talking about the core, the heart of of our nation right now. Well, the church can only do so much as far as if if we as a community of believers be, are part of well, the that's church. That's the thing. If you go to church on Sunday and on Monday you're allowing this stuff to happen, well, then you have to question. If you what it, you're you doing. should be seeing those young ones being drifted behind and then come back around behind them. Yeah, I'm not talking about like, I mean, I know, trust me, I've grown kids. It's, it's not the same. I'm talking about, you're talking about young men, teenagers, stuff like that. I mean, like like men of all age, but, all age, but, but when well, you're really impressionable. So when dangerous. I say young man too, it's like, I'm talking about anyone younger than me, which is, you know, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know. I got friends that are older <laughs> than me that are like, oh, you're young. And I'm like, I guess I am. I guess I am. You know? Yeah. And I, I should probably take that into more con- into consideration <laughs> when I'm complaining about my body aches. <laughs> you know? But I think I think when when uh, as a, a church family too and, and as a community, it's not like you said it's not it doesn't stop on Sunday. We should be aware and be involved in each other's lives continually. You know, even even people at work, not just at church or at work, Everywhere. at home, because you got to remember that that lion that's circling around and the 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 there's going to be times where people are going to feel down and things like that, that we need to be that person that preserves and protects and be the salt and the light to to that person yes. or or. Or family, yeah, yeah. and it's important. So, like, you like the, rep- the repetitive narrative in the Bible is like you always hear um, people say, "God will say, like, hey, where are you?" And like, I'm right. Well, Adam didn't say that. Adam was just like, "No, Adam here." Yeah, you know, right. he was but like, but like, Ananias was like, "Lord, I'm here." Like, you know, like, yeah. and it was, and it was, and it was good because we need to, we need to be available 
to these young men that are coming in, these young men that really do want to get away from these things but don't feel away. We were out. talking about uh, Samuel, right? And, Samuel, and, yes. And how Samuel, when he was a little boy, um, was heard God, and it took... Um, what's his name? It took uh, Samuel's mentor... Oh my goodness! What? I just drew a blank. Who's I gotta go to Samuel? Yeah, go to Samuel. Yeah, because because it took him going. Listen to him. Yes, he kept coming to him. He said, "Okay, listen to what he's saying." I'm gonna start blurring out now. Jeremiah, like, <laughs> <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> yeah, it was. It started with an E. E. Yeah, I, I, that's all I know. Oh, that's it's probably something like um. Yeah, uh, so. Eric. <laughs> Eric. Or um, oh man, why well, can't I? I, don't know, I just draw a blank because I just I just thought of it. But anyway, <laughs> Hannah was his mother. Yes, Eli. 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 Oh my. Goodness. Okay, Three so letters, it's Eli. Is believe. there? Yeah, I had to go for Samuel. But I'm like Eli because <laughs> I it, you know when you're thinking of a bunch of different names, all of a sudden you you blank out. But it, it took you know uh, you know Hannah. That's also what we need to do as men. And as, as parents even is, and it's hard to do because I, I just started recently doing because my kids are growing up and it's being able to give your kids over to God and saying, Hey, you know what? I have no control of what their outcome is, but you do. So I'm giving them over to you, you know? And that's what Hannah did with Samuel. Yeah. You know? And then you have Eli and then Samuel's hearing God and he goes to Eli, and 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 Eli was like, "Just listen to what he's saying." That's what Moses' mom did. Yeah, she dropped him in the water in a basket. Yeah, and was like, "Faith." I don't know if I have that kind of faith. Man. I'm not trying to put my baby in a basket. And I, and I and, and I talk about this all the time. Faith is not something that's blind, and where you just like, "Oh, I'm hoping." You just that, know her yeah. putting in the basket, going, "I have the confidence, the faith, the confidence that." God's going to do something with this young man. or Put him in the hands of the enemy and gave him favor yeah. on top of that. Yeah. And through all of that, led, uh, led their, their, yeah. their people Yeah, and then out. look at Samuel. Samuel became, uh, you know, the, the prophet for for David and, and Israel. You know, Israel when it, it first, you know, yeah, when started Yeah, it was first coming. And, then, yeah. and, of course, they wanted a king. An earthly instead, king. But, yeah. And yeah, so on and like. so forth. That became the problem until Jesus. Yeah, and that's what we do. We're still searching for that. We still search. We want this earthly king instead of putting God first. And then when yeah. the earthly kings fail us, we're like, oh, well, that's so terrible. Like it must have not been ordained by God. Everything is right. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it works in your favor or against your favor. It's all His hand moving. Get used to it. Yep. Yeah. So. That's pretty much it. Right? Yeah, so we're going to get out because it's late. Yeah, and uh, happy birthday to Yvette. It's, oh, yes. Yesterday was my wife's birthday. That's why we switched from Wednesday to Thursday. Thursday. Happy um, birthday to Happy Yvette. birthday to my, my wife. Yeah. Um, I, I, can't, I couldn't do better. Yep, she's a beautiful 30. She is a beautiful 25. <laughs> and that's all you guys. A, you yeah. ain't going to get anything else. That's yeah. It. And uh, we we weren't here last week, we, you know, because we took a little t- time off, spent with the family. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're back at it, and uh, we're going to come up with some new things. And now new, we're on the grind. Yeah, new things. Next week, what are we talking about? Uh, 
I don't even know. I, 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 we I talked about it, didn't we? Did we? I don't know. I didn't write it, it down. It, so it, I got a bunch of stuff. We start forgetting e- easily. What? You know? What? What? We don't have to remember. We're changing people's lives. Pagans? <laughs> oh, yes. Paganism. That's probably. Paganism. Yeah, I think. Was, uh, what are today's pagans yeah, like? Yeah. My wife brought that up to me. She's like, why don't you guys talk about Because it? it seems like nowadays that, it, that we, we, we can easily look at what paganism is and, and how influenced we are by it, you know? Yeah. Well, and listen, there is a religion that is not the religion of God right now, and everybody loves it. Yeah. Careful with that. So we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about you heathens. I'm joking with it. <laughs> So, prepare to get your mind blown. Sean, can I have the sound? That's the way it's going That's down it's next going down. week. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a great We don't show. know what it is, but it'll be good. But it's going to be good. <laughs> we'll see you next week, only right, here guys. on Aletheia Radio. Um, enjoy your week. Praise God. Praise God. Don't worry. Yeah. And put your kids in a basket and send them down a river. <laughs> Amen. See you guys later. <laughs>